following podcast contains strong language and adult themes, including discussions around gambling and physical violence. Sounds great, doesn't it? But if that doesn't sound like your cup of tea, feel free to put on a less entertaining and less insightful podcast of your choosing. So the Octagon Odds boys are here with a very special episode. There's no UFC cards this week, which is obviously bad news, um, but there's plenty of us, um, plenty for us to talk about this week. Obviously, we had UFC 270 at the weekend. Um, some massive stories to talk about this week from uh, this weekend. We got all the things um, that have been coming out in the news this week, new fights that have been announced. Uh, we've also got um, a special lined up later on where we're going to try and pick who is going to be um, UFC champion in each division uh, at the end of this year. So I'm sure we will completely disagree on that. Um, Ross, George, both back with us. It's only one place we can start with the lads, isn't there? 270. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting a bit of smugness, really, from you. Um, Me? Today, Hardy, yeah, like a, a heavy <laughs> dosage of smugness. Of smugness. Oh, I told you so. Um, we love it when Hardy's right, don't we? I mean, I call, I almost called it to a T, um, backing my boy Ngarni into the corner. And I was saying, I think I said, don't be surprised if you bring something new to the table. And yeah, you did, to be fair. Yeah. He did. And it, it was, I can't, it was so impressive. Um, it was even beyond what I'd expected. So it's hard for me to even be smug about it. So, yeah, I did, I did call it. He was going to do something great, but that was, that was just different. Do you know what I mean? That was just, just like in in a, in what world? If someone came to you and they said, "Francis Ngannou wins that fight by three rounds of wrestling," you'd go, "Do think you probably got the wrong fighter, mate?" But yeah, in it, yeah, in it. So. Then do that judo throw as well and the slam, the catch into the slam into unreal side control. It was just class. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, yeah, every credit to you. You called it, mate. Yeah, so entertaining to watch, wasn't it? Because it was just like, um, just like a force of nature. He was running through him, lifting him, throwing him, tripping him, judo throws. It was, it was terrifying. You see what he said after? He said, um, after the second round, I looked over and saw what Stipe would have seen in the first fight. Yeah. You know, just like looked beaten and did not what to do. Yeah. Um, that was at the end of round three as well. Like, Yeah, but how much good did that loss to Stipe do on Garnu, so yeah, so that's we discussed that at one point, I think, on, on a previous episode. But how sometimes that one loss like, um, makes him go back to drawing board a little bit. And like, Ongarni changed camps, then he, he left France, went to America, and he's been training with Osman, and he's been building relationships with with wrestlers, I suppose. Because, yeah, definitely. I mean, Who's been teaching him judo throws? <laughs> this is crazy. It's unfair. <laughs> and also, one thing, one thing I did not to toot my own horn again, but one thing that I did say is that sometimes if you're Francis, is if you're Francis, some maybe you only have to be decent at wrestling and the strength will do the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, I he was, definitely looked so much stronger than Garn, didn't he? he I was arriving good. this week with the full intention of of tooting your horn as well, to be fair, George. Um, Thanks, mate. Because there was a few things that you said that that rang pretty true um, in the fight itself, and that I've thought about since. And something Garni said himself was like, when you're knocking people out in the first round, at what point do you need to actually show you wrestling? 
like if you're knocking mm. people out in the first round, like then you're just going to stick with that. Like, and obviously we know because there's a lot to talk about in this fight in terms of what was going on surrounding Francis Ngannou. Like, and obviously we didn't know when we spoke this time last week about um, a potential knee injury, which since we now know about, um, and he's spoken about obviously a torn MCL, um, ACL damage, stuff like that, like will need surgery. Um, and we didn't know that at the time. I think what he said was he tried to to stand and strike with him for the first two rounds, and he was 2-0 down after the first two rounds. Um, and so he looked and, you know, what's the playbook? Okay, right, well, let's go to the wrestling and let's see what we can do there. And I, obviously, last week talked up Garn's chances pretty <laughs> comprehensively. But, but I stand by the fact that technically... Like in terms of technique, Cyril Garn is a technically more well-rounded um, martial artist yeah, than Francis yeah, Garnu. But like you said, George, the strength was absolutely terrifying. Like that, that it had me off my feet. Just like the, especially the throw, obviously from I think the throw, the judo throw was like it was that round four, and I think the slam was round three, wasn't it? And that was when it changed. The fight just completely changed from round three. It was like, oh shit! Like here comes yeah. Francis. Like, oh my god, like what a beast! Yeah, because yeah, I had gone winning the first two. Um, yeah, I think everyone did really, apart from one judge, um, who oh, had it. Yeah. I think one judge had it one one after two, yeah, because one of it he was, unless, yeah, I think one of the scorecards was um 46, 49, 46. So, Don definitely showed early that he had, um, well, he's a good striker because obviously he was he was out landing and gone early. Um, but I think the guys just in, in, regarding Ngarni, he's just the full package now that he's he's rounded his game because he's got a chin on him as well. So he's like, what aspect of his game is lacking now? Yeah. The clinch work, the clinch work was was yeah, amazing as well. Just not just the groundwork is great, yeah. and it was like the positioning and some of the sweeps he was doing and. Like controlling the wrist and stuff, it's it's high level, it's high level shit, man. It's crazy, and it was yeah, just, it just shows you just like, don't expect that coming out of a guy like that, do you? It's just crazy. Wow. I was thinking like the strength really shows with like how much experience Garn's got wrestling, like years on years, and yeah, Ungarn has got husband teaching him one of the best, like going, but just the sheer strength played such a factor in that fight because yeah. like Garn is obviously a much better wrestler than than uh, Ungarn is, but. The strength, he just couldn't really move when he was on top of him, couldn't move, struggled to hold him down. Um, he weighed like 10 pounds extra on Garner, didn't he? Um, yeah, what was yeah, yeah, yeah. He inflated after it's all the water weight, I think, when they were in there. I think when they were when they were facing off, they looked almost similar size, but when they yeah. got in there, Garn looked looked a lot smaller than him. Um, so yeah, like that's that. one of the things that like swayed towards my decision because they were like the same. The same weight, I didn't expect him to put on like 10 pounds, but it did like cross my mind that that would be a factor. But yeah, so money was on guard, no one in the end, lads. Was on guard. I still like <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. as well, to be fair. I did not have any money on, on Ngarni. No, I, I was my profit was all on Garn, which was kind of the plan going into the night as well. Like going into the main event, if Garn, Garn was my big pick, really. Um, I'm happy to say that I've put money on Ungarno. I should have, once you've had a gone for decision. Mate, do you know what the decision was? Um, <laughs> tw- 
12 to 1, mate. And Garner yeah. decision. He never, never taken it, never taken a decision in his entire career. I know. Like, put it, wouldn't you? You just won't put it. He's landed oh, one, think. landed one takedown in his career, in his UFC career before this. He landed four takedowns from five attempts, and he had over eight and a half minutes of control time in the fight. Like, if you, there's no way any any of the three of us could have sat here last week and predicted that. Like it, no, I just, well, you can't even you, George, and I, I, I tip my hat to you, George, for what you did say about Angani that he would bring something new to the table and that he was evolving. But I just didn't expect him to evolve to the level. Yeah, and it, yeah, so, yeah. I knew, I knew he'd look unreal because, as as we said, he looks better and better every time. And yeah, knew that he was gonna obviously be yeah, on it, one but, leg though as well. Yeah, Crazy. yeah. Different, different type of different type of human to you or I. But it's not just about it, it, and that's a good point for us to move into like the 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 backstory of the fight as well, George. That he's not he's a special human being, isn't he, Francis Garnet? It's not just physically like as an athlete, but also like his backstory, like where he came from, like from you know a, a, a village in Cameroon and just betting on himself to to make something of his life, be a boxer, you know, go from I think he was Morocco or something that he he left and uh, to get over the border into France and he tried you know multiple times to get there unsuccessfully and kept trying until he did get there and then you know turned up at uh, at Farland's gym and just said I want to be a boxer and now look at him do you know what I mean he's a UFC heavyweight champion but at the yeah. point that he is now at the very top of the game he's decided to take the stance of I'm going to fight for the rest of the fighters. I'm going to fight for everyone else about, and um, Ariel Hawani, who we all know, one of the best in the game did, I think it's like a 60 minute interview on the MMA hour on Monday with Francis. And it's an unbelievable interview, like especially another point that you said last week, George, about his English language skills, like to go from where he was to doing 40, 60 minute interviews, whatever it was in English and talking about, these complicated things like contract negotiation, business negotiations, things like that. Super um, smart guy. Ridiculously smart. You know, smashing it, isn't he? He's smashing it. And he's in a position now where he's champion, but he's also, you know, no fights left on his deal. He's got a lot of power. And he's saying that we want to restructure the contract. It's not about the money necessarily. It's about how one-sided the contracts are between the UFC and the fighter in terms of how much power the UFC has compared to what the fighters have, you know, like you lose one fight and you could be out. But if you, if the, that's if the UFC won it, but if you, you know, if you win a few fights and then you want to leave, then you've got no power to do so. And mm. for him to speak out at the position he is now like at the very top, when regardless, he's going to be making good money. Like I think it's a credit to not just who he is as a fighter, but like I say, what he is, who he is as a human being and like what he represents in the sport. I'd say he's in the top three most important people in the sport right now. 100%. And, and, and if, it, if the legacy that he leaves could be um, absolutely positive for fighters in the future, this could, this is the type of thing that creates unions. And um, that's what they kind of need to do is you need to unionize, don't they, as fighters? A lot of the time they say, um, the low level fighters, we can't unionize because we're living paycheck to paycheck. Um, yeah. If I'm getting like whatever, they're fighting every now and again and, and living paycheck to paycheck. They can't unionize because the UFC is just going to knob them off. Um, so 
there needs to be some sort of structure there. And it's happened in numerous um, forms of employment for centuries and centuries, all the way back, unions come together and then the rights start to come in because it, it, in Dana's defence, in the position that he's in, he's a billionaire now. It's easy to be... Um, to categorise these people into like, I don't know, there is products, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there is yeah. products. So you can afford to pay him so much it. more. You what, sorry? You can afford to pay him so much more, can't you? Absolutely. He's a bit, did you know he's a billionaire? Is it? <laughs> yeah. BFC's he's a, a, multi, yeah. a multi-billion pound corporation. It was bought from him for more than a billion, wasn't it? When it was bought out um, by a crazy name. Um, so, you know, of course he's a billionaire, but... I think, and you get sometimes you're getting fifty grand to get in there, and yeah, like, I think life and no health insurance, no, mm-hmm. um, no fight insurance. So you know, especially the current climate of COVID, oh, job security. Like there's no insurance any fight. Show or leave. So if two days before the fight, your opponent gets COVID and they can't find a replacement for you, that's your money gone. You've already been through the camp. Do you know what I mean? You've paid the coaches, you've paid yeah. training fees, you've paid nutrition fees, you've paid whatever you need to pay for during the training camp. And then all of a sudden the fight's pulled and you've, you've lost your income, you've lost your income and there's no insurance yeah. on fight cancellations. There's no insurance on injuries um, as much. And so show or leave is just, it's an outdated payment model. Like it shouldn't be, you know, 20 grand if you win 50 grand, if you lose like silly. And then we have this charade where Dana comes out in the press conferences and hands out £50,000 bonuses and thinks all the, and expects all the fights to be really grateful for it. Well, it might have worked in 1996 when he first started doing it, but it just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't work anymore. Like, it's just not, it's not sustainable. Like, especially in a Ghana situation, like, you could just go, you can go and make a shit ton of money in boxing if he wants, and everyone knows it. Like, he might not win, but it'll walk straight into a fight with Tyson Fury, I think, if he wants. You might not, not, I'm saying, not yeah, saying yeah, he'll make 14 mil. He could make it, though, yeah. It'll make 14 mil and the UFC are offering six six fights for seven mil. And it's just like from a Mongolian perspective, why would you do why would you stay in the UFC? It doesn't make any sense. And in yeah. I want to make also the counter argument for the sake of you know the sake of telling the full picture. Dana always says as when it when asked about it that what you don't get in boxing that he and the UFC do is invest in the sport itself. You know, they open training facilities mm. in different countries all over the world. Like they invest in organizations in other parts of the world. They have things like, you know, the contender series where up and coming fighters can get an opportunity to make it to the, the big leagues. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he reinvests a lot of the money where, whereas a boxing promoter doesn't because of the way boxing is set up, a boxing promoter doesn't have to worry about any of that because all the money is coming from elsewhere. Like it's not coming from a single organization yeah. like it is with the UFC. Um, and I'm sure, like, I, I don't think it's feasible for him to pay boxing money with the model that he has in place at the minute. So, if I don't think even that's what even what Ngarni's asking is for it to be the same money, I think no. they want the contracts to be less dominant in the UFC's favor. And mm-hmm. officially, the what well, they're not employees, either they're subcontractors. Yeah, I guess so. Is that what they are? That's what they are officially. They're subcontractors. You don't have to pay them health insurance because they're subcontractors. So what they're saying is, well, either 
if we're subcontractors, then let us, we should be able to go and work wherever we want, whenever we want. If we want to leave, we should be able to go and leave and work somewhere else. We're only a subcontractor. Where, or if we're not, if we can't do that, then we're employees and give us the benefits that employees are entitled to by law in America. Yeah, that makes absolutely sense. And it's just going to, it's going to come with time. But I, I, I believe that they will at some point have to mix it up. Everyone's sort of seen through Dana's, through Dana now, really, aren't they? Because he acts like the good guy and the, and the pal to them all. But realistically, he's robbing them of potential earnings. I think it's super important as well that we as fans try and separate the sport from the UFC more as well. That, you know, the sport isn't UFC, like the sport is mixed martial arts and just it's because... too late for that. Well, yeah, but just because... I appreciate the UFC have a, a pretty much a monopoly on it, but just in the sense that just because the UFC says something is correct doesn't mean that it is. And like, just because the UFC says, like, oh, this is the only way we can do it, doesn't mean that that's true. Yeah, like Dana, especially yeah. some of the things that Dana and the UFC do at the minute is embarrassing. Like not putting the belt on Engarnu, embarrassing. Not turning up to the press conference because Engarnu won, embarrassing. Like I think, you know, yeah, coming out in a press, that. yeah, it's it's stupid. It's embarrassing, and then to, to come out in a press conference and start throwing around fifty grand bonuses and expect the fighters to all of a sudden be, you know, over the moon with the, with their situations is, I think, embarrassing. And, um, another thing, have you ever seen the press conferences? Like, remember the old school press conference style, with like back in the you know the Connors day, the iconic days of it. Like, they were a bit wild, but they were at least they were press conferences. Like the the current thing, where you know, like because they like let the journalists come up like one by one, don't they? Like, mm. you know, they get all lit up, and the journalists are like trying to take their moment in the spotlight. Do you know what I mean? And like asking yeah. ridiculous questions and like doing stupid shit and like disrespecting the fighters and it's like is this are we wwe or, or are we a sport that's what i want to know yeah i think there's a it's a weird one because if you're dana and you look at the wwe in it but it makes absolute killing it makes an absolute killing and it's because they inject storyline and drama into it so he's probably thinking if I can inject storyline and drama into my sport, then it's going to generate more revenue. And he's probably probably right, to be honest. And I know what you're saying is it is a sport, but I think as we see, the, you're going to see more storyline. And these fighters know it as well. They know if they act in a certain way, yeah, definitely, they're yeah. going to draw. They're going to draw <laughs> more fans as well. So you'll see probably more of it. Carrots, I don't want to just go too deep on this. And Roth, I appreciate it. We've not let you say too much so far. But, <laughs> um, I think if we look at it like a little bit beneath the surface, I don't think you need to create false drama and false headlines in order to create, to bring characters to life, and, like make people want to buy fights. Like the diehard fans don't watch UFC for the drama. Like you watch it for the people like you get to know the fighters and you know their backstory and like if you follow the sport for a long time like take Brandon Moreno who you can talk about um after like you you follow his journey now you see him come bit of a contender get a win you think okay here he goes like gets a couple losses leaves the UFC comes back picks up more wins like gains momentum and like then you see him have his moment 
and become champion. And like, that's, you know what I mean? That's sport. Like that is sport. Like you don't need to, you don't need to concoct that falsely, like with all these silly antics. Like it just doesn't, you don't need to. Like what we need yeah. to do is like treat these guys like they are, like what the, the greatest warriors on planet earth and like just let them demonstrate their abilities and their talents and their natural personalities if they want to be you know like a Kobe Covington like if you want to be a, yeah. a, a if you want to do that on. yeah if you want to have a gimmick that's cool but like all this stuff that Dana does like the way he like tries to create false headlines and drama and like the way the press call like I say the way the press conferences itself I just think it's corny man outdated WWE shows unnecessary in an age where the fighters have all got their own platforms to 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 show who they are. Like they're all either streaming or they're on Instagram or what whatever. They're all show they're all building their own fan bases and like showing them who they are and what they do anyway. Like we don't need all this fake stuff anymore. Yeah, I absolutely understand. I absolutely agree with that. Um the only thing I can say is one point you made was the diehard fans don't want to see this, but he's, pro- he's realistically probably not after the diehard fans. He's not after the minority that are going to delve into every aspect of the UFC. He's looking for that probably a large majority of casual fans that are going to buy pay-per-views or whatever on the weekends and sort of yeah. like casually follow it. And they will, they are also the type of people that enjoy the WWE shtick kind of stuff. So yeah, it gets them more involved in it. Like the casuals, like make a like a billboard out of it, or it, it like anything. It does. Um, yeah, I can see how, like the marketing strategy, how it attracts like new yeah. faces. Think about any fight recently that you can think of. The ones that have a little storyline to them or drama are the ones that your casual friends or our casual friends will know more about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I think a lot of those come naturally, though. Like, I just don't think you need to force them. Like, mm. you know, like Jorge Kobe, for example, that's such a great storyline because it's real. Like, they really were friends for years. You know, they really did used to live together. Like, Kobe really did, like, leave him behind and ghost him and, like, start treating him like a dickhead. And, like, all that's tr- all that's real. Like, same with Garn and Garnu. Like, you know, they really did used to train together, like, they really did like the coaches really are trading shots and so like all that stuff just happens naturally. Like don't yeah. the company like bringing the sport into disrepute with this stuff. But like, I, yeah, I just think it's silly and unnecessary, but I get why they do it because it's obviously working. Like who are we to tell a billion dollar company what to do? But like sometimes I just think some of the stuff that happens on big fight weeks now is embarrassing, man. Yeah. As a diehard fan. It? Because you are a diehard fan, and so am I, and so is Ross. We'd all love to see it. And we all know, like you said, more about the fighters and stuff, so we can appreciate it as it is. But like I said, it's the casuals that the production reaches, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's important, though, like I say, that we talk about these issues, do you know what I mean? Like, wider issues, not just, like, you know, who's fighting who. Because the more people talk about it, then I guess the more chance there is of, of yeah. people doing something about it. So, And people should keep talking about the fighter pay and the fighter rights and all that kind of stuff because the more discourse there is around it, the more Dana gets hounded about it, the more likely there is going to yeah. be change. So. Well, we've seen John Jones was first, really. Now on Garnu, like two of the biggest names in the sport. Um, yeah, so John Jones is just... John, well, the reason the reason Garnu's... The reason there's more going on around Garnu 
now it feels like it's ha- more is happening is because Jones just doesn't have a leg to stand on in any political or no. social manner at all, really, does he? No, he's but, just a no, but he, yeah, he made a part of our money, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I also yeah. think that he was just ducking Francis a little bit, though. <laughs> he's not the third. <laughs> Don't blame him. <laughs> but, I mean, going back to the fight itself, um, I was... Does anyone think like Garn was a little bit too hesitant and but like he didn't really feel like he pulled the trigger and like was really that key or he was too maybe risk averse to putting himself into dangerous situations, I guess. Hard not to be. I, I reckon I reckon he was like more comfortable on the feet, to be fair. Like I reckon he was sort of scared of engaging once he felt his power and realised he couldn't really do much against him. I reckon he actually wanted to keep it standing because he, he was doing all right on the feet. And like the only reason Ungarn got that slam was because he caught that that kick, which yeah, good catch, but like it's easy to slam from that position, isn't it? But I reckon Garn was especially first two rounds, he was doing good on the feet, and then Ungarnu just knew like let's let's grapple. Imagine having imagine how much energy it sounds for you to have Francis and Garnu lying down on you for like three minutes as well yeah, in the third yeah. round. Speaking of energy, though, Ungarnu's gas tank was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Because he's so, like, reserved Very still, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like even with it, even with his striking, like, he doesn't expend a, a cent more energy than he has to with any punch. Like, no. he's, so, yeah. he's so economical with his striking. Like, Which is so mad. Think about who you're saying. That. If I told you you're going to be saying that about Ngarni six months ago, you'd have been like, what do you mean? He just goes in and swinging, punching in the first round and gets a KO. Now we're talking about how economical he is. Yeah. Crazy. With his wrestling the way it is now, it's hard to see him, anyone who can beat him at heavyweight yeah. at the minute. Yeah. Do you know what I, was ex- what I am excited for, though? Hopefully it makes a lot of sense and it'd be unreal. Stipe Garni. Stipe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be yeah, yeah. But who's I, I could back I'd back Stepe on that I'd one too. I think as well. Can't sleep on Stepe. No, you Can't definitely not. Sleep not. On that guy. Incredible. But that could well be. That could well be for an interim belt, though, lads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could be well be for the belt. For the rate, belt as well. Yeah. 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 The belt, yeah. yeah. Which I wouldn't that's be mad about, to be honest with you, because if you've got any steps down, that's the one I'd want to see. That's the two we deserve, I'd say. Even yeah, Dan's had a shot. Like he's still, still pretty deserving of it. Still, well, still a few members got... in that division as well. You could get a new, get another run up like Volkov, and it's just a, like it's getting, it's getting better in it everywhere. Yeah, David Lewis seems oh. a lot more like committed now. Well, to be fair, I think he's still saying he don't want to fight five round fights. Actually, so I'll scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Obviously, we're gonna chat news and uh, things that have sort of facts that have been booked in the interim after the break, one of which is, of course, um, Alexander Volkov as well, so we can chat about that um, after we take a short break. But before we do, um, I want to touch on Moreno and Figgy 3 and obviously Figgy getting the belt back. Um, again, it was another great fight between these two as well. Like, these two are dynamite together, aren't they? Yeah, so good, doing it? So another good. great call by Ardy. Um, Adam as well this time. Yeah. No. Did you put the, did you did you put the figgy decision? No, I just had figgy. I just oh. had it gone the distance, me. Obviously, it did. Yeah, nice. We all won on that fight. Yeah, we so. all got on it. Nice, nice. Yeah, it was a good good scrap though. But do you agree with the decision? Um, I 
Um, I do agree with the decision. At the time, I scored it 3-2. Um, yeah, it's close, but I do agree that Fig won. When, like, when they announced it, I was like, yeah, fair. I think even Moreno's come out and said, like, having watched it back, that he thinks that Figgy won the fight. I of think course he did. He's such a stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah, he's such a nice guy as well. And he, like, mate, he was the crowd was loving him as well, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he's got Moreno's a big following on Hey, yeah, like Moreno's a big star him. now. Yeah, I think New Mexico him. must be on must be on the on the vibe because yeah. seemed like there was a lot of Mexicans in there, but just just something about that guy. I think I said it to you on the night. Um, he's just like something like about that guy that you just can't. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's just because he's himself. Like he is. There's no. Yeah, there's no bullshit. There's just I am Brandon Moreno. So I'm like, do you know what I mean? Like, I like Lego. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit of a nerd, but I just I can fuck you up. Yeah. He's always smiling. Jim when Figueroa was complaining about him give like he was making up that Moreno was chatting shit and Moreno was just like I've ever chatted shit in my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that um oh that uh, trip that he did to like the rat like it was like a weird like back hill trip thing. That yeah, did, that was like, sick. Wait, wait, three wait. or four. Was oh no, we did a spinning heel kick yeah. to, to the car. Yeah, like three of them. Yeah, like a spinning calf kick, wasn't it? In class. Yeah. Um, um, but what, well, obviously massive for Figgy to get the way. I think the two knockdowns, especially the one in the third round, obviously changed the fight. But I think obviously getting, I think officially he's got three knockdowns as well. Do you know the one where the, I think it was like second round where he's like, stu- Figgy like stunned him with a right hand and he like dropped back towards the cage. I think the commentators said, oh, he's stunned, but they didn't really call it as a knockdown. But I think that was like scored yeah, as a knockdown. Yeah. So three knockdowns in five rounds to none. I think Figgy had more ground control time as well, didn't he? Yeah, I think yeah, so, yeah, probably. So I'd yeah, scored it at the time, 3-2 three, three, to Figgy. But I didn't know I was maybe being biased because I had him on the bet. No, I, I just said the same thing. Um, we, 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 number four is going to be coming now, really, though, isn't it? <laughs> After that. Is that the only yeah. thing they can do? Do they like? Do they take a break and like put another? No, one it makes it, you. Everyone wants to see it again anyway, and also it's two. It's one all with one draw. It's just like yeah. it needs to happen, doesn't it? It's Even uh, got, Figueredo said that Figueredo said let's do a fourth. Yeah, of course. In, in Mexico, as well. it's yeah, not over. Depends when they can schedule that, I guess, because they've got. Um, Kai Car France and Askar yeah. Askarov are fighting, aren't they? For like number one contendership. So if they yeah. can do it after that and get them those two fights on like a similar timeline, then yeah, yeah. maybe you go, yeah, maybe you go straight in with the with the four with number four. I guess there's not really another option, is it? For yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like I would not be angry about it by any means. So Hudo might be coming back as well. That's always on the card. Sudo's not so Hudo's not gonna come back and fly away though, is he? Nah, you're probably right. He's a right chubby little right yeah, chubby yeah, little guy now, anyway. Yeah. There's no chance of seeing him. I'd come back at Bantam, yeah. wouldn't he? Well, I'd, he's talking I'd about, I'd talking about coming back it. at Featherweight, wouldn't he? To fight Volk. Yeah, he'd be small against Volk. Yeah, but no, I reckon Sudo he'd get get big though, I reckon. Interesting point on that. I was Davis and Figueredo weighed in um, at 144 pounds on fight night, which is just yeah. below the just below the featherweight limit. So I'm just I'm just saying. No. 
Oh God, yeah, God, featherweight, yeah, you're yeah. Right. Moreno was, um, I think he was 136 pounds. He's like eight pounds down on him or something. But oh yeah, wow, man. So Fig just filled up. Fig, Fig just then filled filled back up and was basically at the featherweight limit. And okay. so it's not like just to speak. Just to the small point though. He's just they're just small like him and Tudor. They're just yeah, small. Yeah, but so is Volk. small. Yeah, is he as small as they are? Actually, Tudor's got no. Not like Volk could be nah, he's he's bigger, bigger, but. I think it just speaks to how much weight they're cutting and then like, putting back on on fight night, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not out of the question that Cejudo easily fights at 145 and is comfortable there. Like, yeah, he'd be yeah. one of the smaller guys and, like, he probably want, wouldn't have as much power as some of the guys in that division, but I think he could fight there comfortably, couldn't he? TJ Cejudo rematch at Bantamweight on his return because they both returned recently. Yeah, it'd have to be at Bantam, wouldn't it? TJ can't go down again. Sounds like T, uh, TJ fights the winner of Sterling Yan, though, doesn't it? Because he was supposed to fight for the belt. Anyway, oh, I'd love so. to see him fight Yan. That'd be a great fight. Yeah, it'd be sick, that, wouldn't it? would be sick. Um, well, yeah, I guess we can talk about all that later when we decide which who's going to be each UFC champion at the end of the year and try and pick a few out. We can talk about a few potential uh, matchups. Um, we're going to do a bit of news, aren't we, after new section that we're doing from now on, just talking through some of the fights and some of the news from uh, the world of MMA um, in the next section. And then, yeah, like I say, we'll uh, pick our champs champs for the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, we'll take a quick break now and uh, see you afterwards. We're back for part two of episode three, series two of Octagon Odds. Um, we're just dissecting the pieces of UFC 270, um, where obviously Francis Ngari retained his UFC heavyweight belt and Davison Figueiredo became a two-time UFC flyweight champ. Um, before we move on to the various bits of MMA news this week, um, this spreadsheet time, which... Normally, I look forward to, but dreading a little bit this week because I've been outdone and outplayed by my two colleagues. So, congratulations, Lance. On yes. Yes. It's going to come eventually. We needed it after the start. So, we're sort of like back to back to even almost. So, we, yeah. We well, should we, get my, should we get my shit ones out of the way first? Get the yeah. bad out of the way and then we can talk about, talk about your good, shall we? Yeah, go for yeah. it. So, obviously, uh, where I was from last week, pretty much, we'll call it break-even. I was minus 1.6 units, but we're calling that basically zero. Um, and I had gone to win by TKO or submission at 10 to 11. Uh, I had the Saeed Stamen fight to go 2.5 rounds, which lasted 48 seconds. Yeah, I almost so, put that on as well. I remember teetering on the edge, and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, and then I had the Hansen uh, Gidavisius fight to go plus 2.5, which I think it did. I think the Demopoulos Suarez fight did. Um, and I had Marina Figgy plus 3.5, which obviously did, but it didn't matter. So that was a loser. Um, and then I had Pereira, Saeed, um, Figgy, uh, and Garn to win at 7.28, which obviously was live up until um, the main event and obviously lost. So, it, yeah, it was another one of them that I was reasonably close, like, yeah, one pick either way in the main event, and I would have had good profit on both um, on both of the first two cards. So I ended with minus thirty for the week, which takes me to minus thirty one point four units so far for twenty twenty two. Minus thirty one point four. But we'll be back 
yeah. we'll be back. That's the last attitude. Right, which one of you wants to gloat first? We'll go with you, George. Because um, it was a good. You, I know you were pleased with your little self, weren't you, on Sunday morning when you messaged? Of course, I was. Obviously, didn't stay up for him. Um, oh wait, did I? No, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> no, I just the time. Do you know what? Anyway, um, yeah, I, I believe I woke up and I watched it as soon as I woke up. I was at uh, yeah, I was away seeing family, so I didn't watch it. So um, I, as soon as I woke up, it was like seven a.m. I was like, I need to check if he's on. Wasn't went back to sleep. Woke up again, checked it, and I have to say, I was I was smug. I was feeling smug all day. I don't think that I was <laughs> in your face too much. To be honest, yeah, I usually take a losing bet with quite good grace when, especially unless I've been unless I've been robbed, like I was with um Volkanovsky Holloway, too. Oh, yeah, we were um, all robbed. Been robbed. We were all robbed that night. It was, I still, I still bitter about it. Unless I've been robbed, then I'm usually pretty good with the loser because what a performance from Francis and what a performance from you, sir, because you had two winners out of four on the night, didn't you? I think. Cool. And Garnu by finish or by decision uh-huh. uh, at, uh, what was that? Six it was at 1.5, it was it? Six to four. So, yeah, 1.5 I've got here. Um, you had Pereira by submission, which lost. Mm-hmm. And you had Garnu, Moreno, Pereira, Treble, which obviously lost because of Moreno, um, but still a decent bet. Um, and then you had Fere- um, Figueredo by decision. That's the better than one of the bets that I... Um, Seven to two, nice. so you landed yourself. So you had fifty, you had forty units worth of stakes and a tidy winnings of seventy units, which gives you a profit of thirty units for the night. Nice. And what was I on before? I was on minus what? So you were minus fifty to start. So now you're back to minus twenty, and obviously it takes you above me in the standings into second place. And the reason it takes you only to second place, despite your profitable week, is for certain Mr. Ross Beaumont. Yes, there he is at the top. (laughs) (laughs) Who, due to his substantial run of form at the end of 2021, has now had six profitable weeks out of the last seven. I'm 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 the one. I'm the one you've got to be following nowadays. The dark horse (laughs) now. Special one. No, so, talk to me, Ross. Talk to me about your bets. Yeah, six in a row. Yeah, not bad that. Yeah, so we had um, six out of seven because you were minus forty last week. Six out of seven. Um, but then you did five before that. Oh yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, so we had um, we had a couple on both both my main event ones didn't come in. I had Garn decision and Unganu round three KO. Both didn't come in, obviously. Yeah. Um, Garn was looking hopeful in the first two rounds, but then. Obviously, the tide turn. Uh, my other single, um, Oliveira, TKO, KO, sub, didn't come in either. Uh, but, yeah, we got the money from the, the treble on the, the Acker. Um, what was it? Six points, something to one. It changed. 6.48 to one, yeah. One Six of you, you had, um, was it the Greg Hardy fight that you had in there? Or what was the other fight? That was that Spanish guy, guy like Isla something. Tone. Oh yeah, Tutela Tutieva, Ibe Tutieva, or whatever his name is. Yeah, so that, it was like an eight point summit to one, but that got called off. Um, still, still worked out nicely though, really, didn't it? Yeah, it I thought it would have been a bit lower range. after that one got. I thought yeah. I was expecting like four or five to one at least, but uh, yeah, nice. 
Um, so we want Moreno Figueredo to go the distance, Hanson Jusevicius to go the distance, uh, Michael Morales against Trevon Gills to go the distance at 6.48 to 1, which landed. Real nice, Ross. Yeah, it Real is. Nice, it's, I was buzzing with it. Biggest octagon odds winning bet of 2022 so, so far. far. Nice. So what's that land me on now? What's my total? So, as I say, you were minus 40 from last week uh, and you had four bets this week, so it's 40 units outlay. Um, your returns, including stakes, was 74.8 units, um, giving you a total profit on the night of 34.8 units. Um, so, 4.8 units better, better than George, but both tight at the top. Yeah. It all adds up. We know we know from YouTube last year that it can come down to a single <laughs> unit Literally at the one. end of the year. So, so what's my total? Um, at, so your total is minus five point two units now. So you're getting to what you back sort of towards the break even line. Minus five and George minus twenty. Minus five point two. George is minus uh twenty and I am minus thirty one point six. Oof, nice bit of a lead there. Couple bets. Yeah, lead. he's fifteen, he's got fifteen on me. Yeah. Uh yes, crazy. Fifteen on the boy. You were you were zero and five from last week. Um, so yeah, you still had a bit of catching up to do. But yeah, you're taking a good chunk out of it. But as we know, it can all swing. Next event for us is next week, isn't it? UFC Vegas. Um, which is Sean Strickland and uh, Hermanson, isn't it? Jack Hermanson. It is. Yeah, which we'll cover. Right. We'll cover it in next week's episode. So tune in for that one. Um, right, time for the news. I was going to say, should we move on to some news? Let's have a bit of news, shall we? Where should we start with the news? Um, I well, I think we should start with a bit of bit of bit bit of, bit of side news. Nothing major. Chael Sonnen, Eagle FC analyst. What do we think yeah. about that? That's decent. Yeah, he's been poaching uh, Poirier as well, hasn't he? Yeah, and Kevin Lee's gone. Sanchez has gone, I believe. I think that's yeah. Kevin Lee's yeah. first fight over there. And yeah, uh, Chael Sonnen on the mic. Hey, what's he doing? Analyst. Analyst, yeah. Maybe this goes back around to what you were saying, Adam. Maybe Khabib's looking to build a bit of a, a fair fight empire. There's an Eagle FC card this weekend, isn't there, I believe? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. But interestingly enough, just the fact that it's Khabib's promotion makes, makes me want to watch it a little bit. So... um. He's got a big name, a big lot, of, a big pull. So we'll see. I'm surprised. I mean, I'm really surprised that McGregor's not January twenty, January twenty eighth on Friday, aren't we? Um, it's the very, it's Eagle FC's very first um US event, Eagle FC forty four, um Spong, uh, Spong against Karatonov, um from Miami. Interesting. I'll tell you what you should do in the future at some point is pick out a random... Oh, and Rashad Evans is fighting. Oh, really? <laughs> Rashad Evans is fighting Gabriel Checo in the co-main. Um, Ray Borg is fighting Cody Gibson at Bantamweight. Um, there's a, a Kuramaganedov. Um, there's a couple, obviously, quite a few Russian fighters on there. I'm trying to see if there's anyone else we recognise now, but there's a couple of names. There's a couple of bit of name value there at least. Ray Borg and Rashad Evans, yeah, in it. particular. Yeah, they're pretty pretty recognised names. We should do what I was going to say is we should do a segment. Um, I don't know how often we should do it, but just a bit of a suggestion where we look at 
maybe like a lesser known fight or like a lesser known event or just maybe like a headline fight from Eagle FC or do you know what I mean? No, I mean like on a week. You mean like on a weekend? It. You mean like on a weekend when there's no UFC cards? Yeah, but there is Eagle FC. Yeah. and Bellator, something like that. Yeah, you mean like if only I'm just trying to look in the diary for when such a weekend. Like, uh, could it be this weekend? It is this weekend, actually, George. <laughs> well, the idea has been put to the table a bit late for us to put it into action yeah. due to us this being weekend. currently on the episode now I don't know if we'll be able to do any research but it's um, Bader against Moldavsky this week Bellator 273 for the heavyweight belt well, I, well to be fair all it requires is for us to watch it this weekend and then we'll do a bit of a we'll talk about it a bit um, next week's episode yeah I'll watch. I'll happily watch Bader, uh, Bader Moldavsky because it'll be yeah. a sick fight that. I mean Bader's not really a small a fight is he still champion in Bellator? Is he you got yeah, beaten yeah. and Val- and Valentin Moldavsky is the interim champ and he's a beast man. Okay, well we'll watch we'll we'll all watch the uh watch Bellator title fight this weekend and we'll have a bit of a chat about it next weekend. Be good to sort of like you said, Adam, yeah. we should stop thinking of the sport as just UFC, so maybe it's be good to branch out a little bit. Uh, I think Benson's is Benson on the undercard as well. That oh really? He just gets spicier. Yeah, Benson Henderson and Islam Mamedov. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So, yeah, it's, um, we'll, we'll give it a watch. We'll give the main event. We'll give Bader's fight a watch for next week and we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, so, that, I mean. Nice news there, George. Nice bit of news. Yes. Um, okay. Have you got anything? I, the bit of, I have got my bit of news. I'm going to go for um, Yuri Prohovska. And uh, Glover Teixeira being booked um, for like heavyweight belt in May. Mm, very exciting one. Because respect. Yeah, banger though. Yeah. Unless Glover just wraps him up like he did. Um, yeah. Doesn't strike me as an easy guy to wrap up though, Jerry. So. <sighs> he's, yeah. I think he's come out this week saying that he wants to go um, go over to Arizona and train with Cejudo and John Jones and um, people over there and work on his wrestling. Respect. Should definitely do that. That'd be very interesting to see. Glover looked like um, Glover looked like he he was so so good against Jan. Interestingly enough, we'll, I'll talk about that when we get onto our our champions at the end of the year. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah Yui. Yeah, Yui's a Yui and, and Glover will be a good one. So that's something to look forward to in May. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to a lot. Um, Jan and uh, Ra- Rakic and Jan. Yeah. All right. That's yeah, yeah. Coming up in the end of February. Uh, it's on the 26th of March, that one. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Nice. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah I think awesome. it's going to be a very good fight, that. Yeah. And another one that we've got coming up now, it's been announced recently, Vin- uh, Vicente Luque and Boal Mohamed, which is April 16th. Should be yeah, a banger that as well. They've obviously they fought. Yeah, didn't um, it's a rematch. Yeah, yeah. That's Luke won TKO, right? First round. Yeah, first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I mean, Balau's obviously advanced since then. But so is Luke. So yeah, Luke. Yeah, Balau was Balau was super good against Wonderboy, wasn't he? 
Yeah, very good. So yeah, it'd be yeah, very, yeah. I'm very excited to see that one because obviously Luke always brings it and Bilal's looking a lot better. So that's a Luke, good he's sick on the ground as well and he's sick on the feet and he's durable. I, I think he'll beat Bilal. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. I can see that, yeah. definitely. Luke, well, you rate well, Luke yeah. a lot. Luke, you are. needs to get going again, though, Luke. You rate Luke a lot, don't you, Ross? No, I don't, I don't rate him too much. I just think he's got a lot of potential. Like, he's yeah. just I getting better and better. I think he's, like, under 30. I might be wrong, but um, he's, he's been turning up loads. Like, I know what, what fucking Thompson did to him, but on the feet, that's Thompson, one of the best strikers around. And then what we what he did to Woodley submitted him with like a was it a Dars or a Kamara or something? Yeah, um, something. Wasn't it? And he's just look yeah, he's just looked mean on yeah. the ground. It's better and better. And as I say, he's his chin is absolute. Wonder Boy broke both his hands in that fight on Luke. Yeah, <laughs> interestingly, the, the, the last fight between Belial and Luke was six years ago in twenty sixteen. So yeah, it's been yeah, so it's both He's thirty down. now, by the way. Thirty, yeah. yeah. He's got some good years behind him, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of got a lot of experience as well for a thirty-year-old, which yeah. is important. Like, um, there's been a shitload of fights announced this week, and so I think the UFC announced like twenty odd fights this week. Um, obviously, some more significant than others. The ones that I wanted to start with were the UFC London card. Obviously, we're semi-excited about the UFC coming back to London in March and we're hoping that we can get tickets, fingers crossed. Yeah. And again, Dana, if you're listening, hook the boys up. Yeah. Um, but the ones um, announced for that, um, the main event, Tom Aspinall, Alexander Volkov, heavyweight. Yeah. Big opportunity that for Tom, isn't it? Sick, yeah. Yeah, he's good as well, Tom. Um, so so is Volkov though, uh, be a good fan. Yeah, Volkov's sick. Tom's good, and obviously yeah. got good hands, Tom. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'd like to see him do well. He's very well rounded as well, Aspinall. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to see some is, more yeah. British, some more British fighters make it to the top because we we've had Michael Bisping just about scrape a belt and Darren Till sort of let us down a few times. So we need. Yeah, some, Edwin, yeah. Edwin, still got time though. Till is a good prospect. I think. I think he's that. yeah. Leon, yeah, Arnold it's just a Allen shame. Well. It's just a shame he's in the division of the most dominant champ in the UFC at the minute. I think with Leon, because I don't think I don't think he beats Usman. Arnold Allen as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one for Leon to beat Usman, but I'd like to see what he, what I'd like to see what he does. Yeah, I mean we already yeah, saw. Obviously, it. Arnold Allen, Arnold Allen's going to be fighting uh, Dan Hooker as well at UFC London. Yeah, yeah. which will be a great fight. Paddy's on there as well. That'll be. Oh yeah, yeah. Paddy Pimlet's fighting Kazu uh, Vargas. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So that should be a good card. And also, we've all put ourselves on the Molly McCann up. Yeah, the pre-tickets. So fingers crossed, the boys can get there. And as we mentioned yeah. last episode, we'll, we'll try and do a bit of content. Yeah, it's put. It's yeah, 100%. It's pretty good. Um, and it, put together. Yeah, defo. A fight that is rumoured that's not been announced I don't want to talk about. Um, well, it's not really a fight that's been announced, but Gaethje's been talking a lot about um, Oliveira, talking about, I think he yeah. said specifically, there's a card May 7th and I want to fight the Brazilian champ in Brazil. Um, and he that's called yeah, Conor McGregor. UFC irrelevant. 274, isn't it? Yeah. That's um, the same night. That's the card that Glover and Yuri are going to be on as well. So, and. Yeah. I wonder whether Dana's also looking at that because I think Oliver and Gaethje is a p- bigger headliner than than Glover and Yeri, really, isn't it? And it seems oh, so. A million percent. You know, 
Yeah, I can't so wait. it wouldn't surprise me if that would be unreal. Um, oh, I've got so many good fights coming up in the next few weeks as well. Like we're only like we're literally only a few weeks away from Kobe and Jorge Masvidal. Like that's mental. Yeah, and um, Whitaker Adesanya again. Yeah, <laughs> going off. It's going to go off this year. So stay tuned for that. But we should avoid talking about these these fights too much because we'll be talking about them as we get closer to the event. Any other so, news? I mean, the only, I think, I don't know. Ross, you got any news? No, I think we've covered a lot of bases there. Let's well, move I have on, one then. more bit of news. You've got one I more bit of news? Well, let's hear it. Yeah, you know, um, the quotes that I sent you from uh, Kamara Usman earlier today where he talked about how he... Anything can see. Or look at anything. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I hate it when you disrespect me in front of my friends, but yeah, I'll carry on. Um, you, you let me know when they come in and I'll stop disrespecting yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, anyway, moving on. You won't try <laughs> into that one. <laughs> Kamara has been talking about um, how he'd considered... Obviously, he wants to be a two-way world champ, but he doesn't want to fight Israel 185. Um, so he'd considered potentially going up to 205 to take on Glover. <laughs> Mad that. Um, but he was thinking about it back yeah. at the time when Jan was champ, so he was thinking about going up to fight Jan, potentially, rather than Glover. I think it's, it's, it's all talk from, from Osman that. There's no chance. No yeah, chance. I don't see him doing that. Um, if he... Uh, I don't know. Imagine if he went Unless down. he filled imagine. out like DC. Imagine he got the body of DC and just went up. Yeah. Just ate burgers and Popeyes. <laughs> For, for months and months and end and became size of DC and then went in there. You can see that. I forget one of the heavyweights from the um, the first card of the year that he used to fight at welterweight as well, Swit, and then now he fights at heavyweight. So it's not like it's never happened before. Yeah, true. No, but also, um, Rumble used to be at welterweight at one point. How crazy is that? Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, looks, he looked mad, didn't he? Yeah. At one point, he was like, like 400 pounds, I swear, like... <laughs> not fighting <laughs> crazy but I just thought it was a, it was an interesting line like yeah maybe but realistically like I would fucking love to see Kamara Usman against Israel Adesanya yeah but it will never happen can we not sabotage their friendship in some way for the sake of like I, I know I, all I, the, everything I said about Dana and not needing to like <laughs> concoct all these storylines but <clears throat> Let's yeah, let's do it in so, yeah. just once. Basically, what you're doing on last time you must sit there and come to the same conclusion as you, and that's what that's why he does yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I want them to fight. I'm gonna ruin their friendship. <laughs> Colby, tell go on, start putting out stories that Colby's chatting shit about um Masvidal, and you guys start putting out stories that Masvidal's chatting shit about Colby and we're ruining their friendship and make them fight. <laughs> took a few years took a few years to mature but here we are and we've got a fucking main event around there we go. so Osman Adesanya 2026 well we can expect it <laughs> ideal for me yeah, right I think that's news done um, for this week isn't it um, and we're going to move on to our last section so normally we'd be running through our bets but um, we decided a bit of a change of pace this week uh, we are going to try and predict who is going to have each UFC championship at the end of 2022. So the 31st of December, 2022, who not, you know, who's going to win it this year, 
not who might win it, who is going to be champion, who finishes the I think, the belt. with that said, we start the hardest division to predict in the whole UFC, women's featherweight. <laughs> I... Yeah, I've gone for a bit of a technicality on this one, to be honest with you. Well, it's very hard to predict. Um, well, let's have a bit. Of ch- I want to see what, what you boys have gone with first as well. I want to have a bit of, ch- I want to have a bit of chat. I did the intro, so we'll listen to Ross first. Who's featherweight? Yeah. <laughs> Current champ, obviously, Amanda Nunes. I guess the reason you say it's difficult, George, is because there isn't actually like any featherweight rankings. The UFC barely have any featherweight fights. There's no featherweights, is what, what I was trying to say. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's literally guaranteed, no featherweights. guaranteed to be in the same position as she is this year, next year. And she prefers fighting it that way, I feel like. so. Unless they find someone for her to fight, like there's potentially a few people that she could fight maybe yeah we'll see but I feel like like I said she's more comfortable that way anyway so she's less likely to lose that belt um, and that said with that said she's less likely to lose it if she can't find anyone to fight though yeah but I also think that she's going to win back the, the Bantam weight belt by the end of the next year do you yes that's interesting if anyone's going to come back with a new chink in their armour and better after a loss, it's got to be Amanda Nunes. No? No. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a perfectly rational argument, yeah. What about you? Who do you think I'm, you've got the I'm, My thinking of Amanda, and it's similar to what I think the featherweight, I, I've got that I think the featherweight championship will be vacant at the end of 2022, whether that be because and I'll talk about this when we go on to Bantam as well, whether it be because Amanda's no longer around or because the featherweight division no longer exists, and those two might be one of the same thing. If Amanda retires, do we, there's no featherweight champion. Who do you put together to fight for the featherweight belt? The only person I could potentially even see on the horizon is maybe, Kay- maybe Kayla Harrison, but she fights at 155, I think, doesn't she? So it's kind of like she doesn't, you know, she's a bit big. Yeah, so, I can't see anyone else other than Amanda for Bantam and Featherweight. Um, that's a bit short-sighted considering she just lost to Pena. Yeah. But do you think that is going to end up being a outlier in her career rather than, like, she's? I don't think she's, like, on the downfall. And I don't think Pena's better. I just think, um, like, she's just a lesson. Like, she's dominated people for so long. Um she just didn't this time and she's like I said she's the type of person to come back and, and, and win it back so I'm pretty confident she will fair well, so for banter yeah feathers feathers sorted in it bantam uh, get this right hear me out double champ Valentina Shevchenko gets gets bored what else has she got left to do though gets bored moves up and bangs all them as well why not? That's now you've just you've nicked my idea, Ross. Is it? Is it? You got the same. That's who I have because I think it. I think it works out perfectly. I'm not yeah. sure that we see a man. I'm not 100 percent sure that we see Amanda Nunes again in the UFC. I don't think. Yeah, from what we saw, there's a little part of me thinks she might be done. I know what you mean. Yeah, it just weren't there, was it? What, whether that was. What's the, the you know the old expression about signing cover cheats? Like she's done it all. She's beaten everyone. She's, you know, she's just lost the belt. Um, she doesn't like cutting down to Bantam that much anyway. Um, and like I say, there's no one really for her to fight at featherweight. 
I my prediction is that Amanda Nunes either one of two things happens either she doesn't fight Pena for the belt again and retires yeah or that she comes back beats Juliana Pena for the belt then retires setting up Shevchenko versus whoever Dana then decides is number one might be Pena again like Pena against Valentina at which point Valentina Shevchenko becomes a two-way champion yeah yeah that's who I've got Valentina nice mate gone down the same path yeah, it's and for featherweight to be vacant. Yeah, you say when you when you said done, do you mean shot or like? No, 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 no. I think she just might. She just like you know she's a mother now. Like she's everything she's achieved in the sport. Like yeah, she's, the, yeah, she's coaching. Like uh, yeah, I just think she might just say like, is it really worth it anymore? Like, do I really like? Do I want to go through it all again? Or like, I just. Something I don't know, it's just a, a feeling that I have that if she goes, if she comes back to fight Pena at Bantamweight, I do like try and beat her and then does. I think that what could be the point where she's like, right, I've got my belt back, go out as a champ and, and maybe hang it up then. Yeah, and I mean, she's, been, she's been competing at like the highest level for so long. And maybe as we mentioned when we reviewed that fight, she maybe she didn't train as well as she could she didn't put her all in and she's realized that if you don't do that then these competitors are doing that so if you're not going to do it then either do it or don't do you know what I mean don't like you can't half heart it <clears throat> do, the question is do we need do we need to come to some sort of octagonal consensus like we normally do with these little challenges because if so we're going to have to agree no I don't do think so things gonna... no, no I don't no, think so I think I think this this format um It'll work better if we can archive this episode and then look back yeah. at the end of the year and see what each of our predictions yeah, yeah. were. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fine. So just to recap, featherweight, George, you're going Amanda Nunes. I'm and you're going Nunes at Bantamweight. Yeah, both. Nice. Ross, you're going Nunes at featherweight still. Um, I don't know. I didn't really like think about featherweight, to be honest. Um, but I'll put Shevchenko in Bantamweight. Um, How do you see Shevchenko getting there? Like, does she beat Pena? Does she beat Nunes? Like, what's the what's the route to Valentina becoming champ for you? Because I've sort of, like I say, tried to map out how. No, yeah, get yeah. it's pretty viable. Uh, um, as I said, I think she's just sort of done. No, no one in that division is really going to do anything. Are they realistically? Well, you would have said that about Nunes a couple of months ago. Um, we did say that about Nunes. Yeah. Me and George looked very silly after that. So yeah, you, did, you, know, you never know, but I can't see Shevchenko slowing down anytime soon. And I just think she, she'll want to be active. And uh, like a do, double champ is sort of the thing to be now, isn't it? If you want to get... Who's Amanda Who's Amanda hanging around to fight though now? Do you know what I mean? Like She's had two fights with Shevchenko. She's won them both. So where's the incentive for her to do it again? Yeah. I think it's because um, Shevchenko's a different fighter now and everyone wants it. Yeah. Yeah, Pena wants it probably more than anything. But he's not asked. She that. fights Pena in the rematch potentially, and then if she wins that, right? So Pena's out the picture. Then who else could she fight after that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe Holly Holm is number two. Irene Aldana is number three. Aspen Lads number four. Like she'll beat them all. Yeah, I can see the like, sense in what you're saying. Um, so but- I think she comes. She potentially comes back, wins the belt, retires, and sets up maybe December. Uh, a Shevchenko Pena fight, maybe. 
Yeah, I think that's all the marbles. Yeah. I think that's so, a good path to it. I can see that. So flyweight. Um, I think probably all have the same answer for this one. Yeah, I think this should be pretty straightforward, really, shouldn't it? Yeah. Jukagian. Current champ, Valentina. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. It's got to be Shevchenko in it. And obviously, they're getting beat by any of these um, scrubs in their division. So, <laughs> joking, by the way. He <laughs> <laughs> wants people. No, I don't see a beat. I don't see any of them beating her. Um, granted, no. someone could come to the rate the UFC is going. Someone someone we don't even know about could yeah. come in and dominate, but... Man on for man on for Rome, mate. She's coming. Yeah, you just said a bunch of Latin words to me then. Man on for Rome, number fourteen to eight and eight and one at the minute. We've picked me and her. Ross picked her in last time she was fighting against. She, uh, yeah, me and Ross had her on the card last time she was fighting. Is Respect. Long? Is that who you've got? No, no. I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, there's saying one that there could be, yeah, there could be one an up and comer. I'm saying man on for Rome. Yeah. No, I respect that. Respect that. So flyweight, we can skip over because we've mentioned it all. Flyweights, uh, weirdly, if we say that, I think it's a, a mark on how good Valentina is because of all the women's divisions. I think flyweight's probably the most stacked. Yeah, like you've got yeah, Cynthia, yeah. Ca- Cynthia Cal, Cynthia Calvillo at ten, Jessica I, Andrea Lee, Joanne Ward, uh, Vivian Arujo, Talia Santos, Jennifer Maya, Laura Murphy, Caitlin Kachay. <laughs> Chicagian <laughs> and Jessica Andrade. So yeah. compared to something like, well, especially compared to featherweight, it's pretty stacked up. Um, I'd actually argue with that, that that yeah, maybe it is, but the one that's most likely to change hands is strawweight, just because of the Zhang Nami Yunus dynamic, both being world class. Either one of them could take it off the other one. I reckon I really... tri- triple, champ, triple champ, Valentina. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Down as well. The one person that is no coming chance. up, she is goes down to strawweight. Who's the Chinese lady that's coming up in that division? Uh, is it Yan Zhenan? I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. Pronounce it. Yeah. Um, um, who, who caught my eye? She's very interesting. So we'll see. But yeah, she's. Uh, got to say, I, what about Carlos? What about Carlos Barza? like Rose's next. I don't think Carlos Barza's Carla. got it. I don't think Carlos got it to, to beat either of the top two. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Rose. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna say yeah, Rose. I've gone with Rose too. She's beat Rose. Carl has beaten Rose before, though, haven't you? Um, I yeah. think that's that's the whole dynamic. Here. It was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's Rose, different beast, is one of them. Um, yeah, so I think Rose. Yeah. Right, you had uh, nothing. Anything for Marina Rodriguez. <laughs> Um, Marina Rodriguez is off the too, so that's also one to keep an eye on. She's number three. I was looking at um, again. Shout out William Hill for the long-term your odds. Amanda Lemos as well. Yeah, nice. You know, I'm a big uh, Amanda Lemos fan, even though she's rubbish. <laughs> um, Angela Hill as well. Another one I'm a big fan of, even though she's rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um. Who are we say Marina Rodriguez? I think looking at, I think she was eight to one to win on the William Hill odds uh, to win a belt before the end of the year. So not quite the same as what as what we're doing. Yeah. But I think she was eight to one to win um a belt potentially before the end of the year, which yeah seems unlikely, but fun. Yeah. So yeah, Rose is my prediction for that one. Yeah, and me as well. I've gone Rose. Yeah, so Rose. Yeah. 
Yeah, triple rows. Right, so we've covered all the women's divisions. I think we should go for a short break. And then when we come back, we'll do the men's divisions from light to, well, from flyweight all the way up to heavyweight. Yeah, start at the bottom. Yeah. Right, we're back for part three. Uh, we're running through who we think will be each UFC champion by the end of 2022. Quickly, let's run over who our picks for women. Uh, featherweight, um, I think, will be vacant at the end of the year, as I think Amanda Nunes will have retired. George? I said Nunes. Uh, yeah, as I said, I didn't really think about that one. Um, but I've given you a break and everything to think about. No, 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 just think about it. Well, I went and got my dog, all right? Say something. Say name. Yeah, no, I reckon vacant sounds pretty pretty reasonable. Um, I can see Amanda just like, yeah, well, we've just covered all that, yeah. I, I can sort of agree with a lot of what you said, Adam. Banter. Uh, like, yeah, or not, isn't it? I was going to say fucking vacant. <laughs> yeah, just fucking say something. Anyway. Banter. <laughs> Me and Ross have both gone for Valentina, eh? George, you've gone with Nunes again. Yeah, flyweight. Um, we've all gone with Valentina to still be champ, and yeah. I think we've all gone with Rose at strawweight as well, have we? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Pretty boring so far. Then, as we move on to flyweight, who obviously we've we've already seen that belt change hands once this year, as uh, Davidson Figueredo um, won it for the second time. Do we think Figgy will have the belt at the end of the year? And if not, who does? Um. It's a, diff- a difficult one to call. I found it in this one, obviously, because of the Moreno Figueredo. The next fight could go Moreno's way. It's very weak in the match, but there's characters like Askarov. Askar Askarov is coming up. Yeah. And and Kai Kara. Yeah. Alex Perez is doing all right, isn't he? Um, so there's some some names in that division, and obviously, Sudo could come back. Roy, Roy Val, we fought the other night. Who's that? Royval. Royval, yeah. Um, Tudor probably won't come back to this division so it's hard I don't know what do you reckon Adam? I have gone for Askar Askarov to be champ yeah. at the end of the year because I think I've had Plotinite's path we get Moreno Figgy for he beats Kai Kara France to then fight the winner sort of November October November time maybe December um, and then I think Realistically, it could be either. We know, we know that both Moreno and Figgy are beatable, so um, I think it's worth a punt on Askar Askarov. Five to four um, odds for Askar Askarov to win the belt before the end of the year. Decent. Yeah. What about you, Ross? What have you got? Um, I've gone with our boy Moreno. I think he's going to get it back. I think it's going to light an even bigger fire inside of him. Um, yeah, he's just going to be even more hungry, I think. Um, he's he's got what it takes to to beat Figueredo. Also, obviously, Figueredo can beat him, and I I'm really looking forward to the fourth fight. Hope there is one. Yeah. Um, whether it'll be, be one. Fight, yeah, whether it'll be next, I don't know. But yeah, will we see um, it again this year? Is another question as well. If it's not next, do we see it at any point this year potentially? Yeah, definitely. I think this year. Yeah, probably this year. Um, well, considering you said that, and you've said Askarov, and you said Moreno, I was about the fence. I'll go Figgy just so we've got a bit of a. Uh, one, of the, yeah. one of us is probably going to win that. 
Okay, is that why you put it down, or have you got some sort of logic? I, I was. You think he's going to keep the belt? I was completely on the fence about Moreno, Figgy, and Askarov. All three of them. I can see Askarov making a charge to take it. I can see Moreno, Moreno winning the next fight and winning the belt. I can see Fig winning the next fight and maintaining the belt. Then he's got to beat Askarov. I can see him beating Askarov. So all three of them are very good, and all three of them I think are beatable by each other. So it's really hard to call. But just to play. The devil's advocate, I'll go Figueredo just so that we've got. Does, it, does anyone think Kai Kara will be champ this year at any point? Not unfortunately. Don't think so. I think he's good, but yeah, I just we've seen that he, you know, he's susceptible to be getting knocked out. And I think Asker Askarov's got a better all round game potentially and probably beat him. Agreed. Yeah. Happy with that then? One each. Just to yeah. make it a bit spicier. So, nice. bantamweight. Current champ, Aljo Sterling. Uh, obviously, he's defending um, in a couple of weeks against Piotr Jan. Um, do we think Aljo retains? No. What are we no. thinking? <laughs> There's something <laughs> resounding like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> he had absolutely nothing like... Uh, yeah, a bit of striking, but... He's taken out like Sterling is a very, very good wrestler and he just couldn't do anything to uh to Piotr. I definitely don't think Sterling's gonna be champ. I feel like he's like top five material. He's not like I don't think he's champ material compared to the other talent in that division. I think for me it's either TJ or Piotr, but I'd probably go with Piotr. I think TJ, I think an interesting one. I just think the injury is maybe an issue with TJ, isn't it? Like yeah. Does he go straight into a title fight when he gets back? If so, does that take place within the year? Does he win? Seems like quite a lot of ifs. Interestingly, there's quite a thick division, but there's one yeah. name that doesn't get much recognition in terms of like the belt is, and I, and I think deserves recognition is Aldo. He's definitely a dark horse yeah. in that division. Yeah, yeah, I could. He gave Yang a brilliant fight in in the rematch. You just never know. It could be like that's probably Jan's best fight was against the Aldo for yeah, Wilder. Sandhagen. Sandhagen was better, in my opinion. Was uh, that was one of the best fights of the year, I thought. Pure yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree. I don't think Sandhagen uh, did. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, no. The Aldo fight was good though, but he did slow down towards the end. Aldo, didn't he? I uh, think yeah. Sandhagen. Sandhagen was closer to winning the fight than Aldo. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, as you say, Aldo's third. And how long has he been around? I swear he's only like 33 still. So yeah. And obviously he's just beat uh, just beat Rob Font, didn't he, in his last fight. So yeah, he looks class. He looks to he looks yeah. class every time he comes out. Um definitely worth not counting him out for this division. Any any money on a dark horse, Marab Davalish Philly? No. I fucking love no. Marab Davalish Philly, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Do you? Big I mean, epic name and just, yeah, big fan, like one of my favourite fighters in the UFC, I reckon. Yeah, no. I don't um, think Font or Sandhagen have got it, so I don't think either of them will take the belt. I reckon if, if it lined up well, Sandhagen could be champ. If if the stars align for him, I think he's, he could be. He's, I think he's missed his chance now, because obviously... Yeah, he's I so think he has any holes yeah. in this game. I think he could fight for a belt again, I just don't think it could be this year. He's still got only yeah, like 29, isn't he, Corey Sandhagen? Yeah, so still yeah no, I don't really mean this year. I mean, in his career, I yeah. can see him being champ. 
Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I can as well. He's definitely all that said, Who've you got? Um, I'm going to go with Jan. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Jan as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know I, I love in that division? In that Do you know what I love in that division? Um, Rob Davalish, Philly. Song Yu Dong. Yes. What a boy, Song Yu Dong. He's still, fact, he's still young as well. He's and we, had this, as well. <laughs> we had this one. None of us could believe he was only 26 or whatever he is. He's 23. Yeah. Oh, he's wild. It's easy, it's easy. It's not, we shouldn't forget that we've got Sean O'Malley coming up through that division as well. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that actually because he's um, quite big odds that um, on Sean O'Malley, I think. Is it? It's sort of like the Chimaev um, feeling, I get. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, to be fair, I've got more confidence that Chimaev would do better than O'Malley would do in the, in the respective divisions. Yeah. O'Malley's um, eight to one but, to be a bantamweight champ before the end of the year. No, I don't think that'll happen. But his his stand up is clean, though. I do love watching him. Talks his way into big fights, though, doesn't he? Yeah, and he turns up into fights. fights. Doesn't have big fights. I don't know what you're on about. He turns up though, like he he does. Fight cans, true. Literally, just fight cans. But he's doing it the right way. We always say, "Oh, they've rushed it," or "Dana's rushed this guy for the rankings." But he's just doing what boxers do and just fighting. Like the experience yeah. out, do you know what I mean? And then by the time he gets yeah. to the big guys, he'll have had the experience. He made yeah, Moise, thinking, did he fight Thiago Moises last time out? Sean O'Malley. Yeah. Uh, 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 no, it was who's his last fight? Um, Piver. Piver, that was it. Really, Piver, yeah. yeah. You're right, yeah. Yeah. And then it was Green Moutinho before that. I've got yeah. the arm. Just because I think, yeah, uh, yeah, he's obviously fighting for the belt and I think he'd be, uh, that he'll win the belt and then he probably could get one more defence by the end of the year, but whoever he fights, I think he's got a very good chance of beating, so. This one's interesting. The next one, featherweight, is probably one of the most interesting ones because, like, such a weird situation yeah. going on with featherweight yeah. right now, isn't it? And I can imagine... We've all probably gone for one of two people um, for it. And I want to hear... I'll start with Ross on this one because I feel like I'm interested to hear what you've got to say. <clears throat> well, I've, I've always said since, since the last fight, I've always said Volkanovski would win again. But I don't know, just the hope that I'm carrying for Max to win is like almost swaying me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, because he, he could do it. Like the second fight, he won to... In, in, Majority of people's eyes, he did win, to be fair to him. So it's just so hard to choose between them two. I yeah. don't, it's not going to be anyone else, really. I don't think they're all just playing for, th- for like second place, aren't they? These two Hopefully, it's Arnold Allen, but we'll see. What about you, Adam? I've gone with Josh Emmett. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, um, obviously, no disrespect to Josh Emmett, but yeah, um, for me, it's either between Volkanovski and Max. Um, I don't think Korean Zombies got much chance against Volk. Like, obviously, Korean Zombies could be, I think Volk's better all around. Um, so yeah, I think he comes through that. As for Max, again, it's a case of do they get a fight booked in before the end of the year? And I'm not sure, so I'd lent towards Volkanovski because to me, that's the most yeah. likely outcome, really. That's what I went for as well, and almost for exactly the same reasons. Yeah, for, well, I'll take as well because my logic stands still. So, 
Yeah, folk all Brilliant. around. Brilliant, lightweight. Um, this is interesting. So I think you all know who I've picked here. Yeah, you picked Islam. Do we? Oh, yeah. right, yeah, you picked Islam. Yeah. I've also maybe picked Islam. Or, okay. or Oliveira. I can't, I don't know. Um, because if them two get matched up... That is a dream come true, that fight. Honestly, it is. Just to see so them. good. What I've always wanted with Khabib, Tony, but it, I feel like it's better, almost. I don't know. But, no, because when, when it was going to be Tony, he was in his prime and he was shining. So, no, nah, I feel like I'm not as hyped as I was for them, but... <laughs> well, this one, this one could probably happen, though. Yeah, in it. I got I got hyped far too many times for that fight. It was so times it almost happened. So or, we, or we could get um, Gaethje against Islam. Yeah, well, I think we've got we've got quite a few fights that are going to happen in that division. Um, well, obviously, yeah, the Matt next James one is Ola, is Oliveira Gaethje. So, has anyone gone Gaethje? Yeah, I think Oliveira wins that. Have you, you've gone Gaethje, you say, George? Champ at the end of the year, yeah. You really? Yeah, Here's our seat going. Who's Makachev got next? Uh, Dariush. Dariush. Makachev beats Dariush. Um. And then gets he get. Then he's going to get a fight with who? Probably Poirier or Chandler. I'd say. I think he goes straight to the belt after after he beats if he beats Dariush. I think. What what I'm, what what I'm trying to say is. I think it's going to be one of two people, Gaethje or Chandler, because I believe Chandler can beat both Islam and Oliveira. Um, I think a smarter Chandler with a better game plan smokes Oliveira in the first round like he almost did. And I think Makachev, obviously, is one of the best wrestlers in the division, but there's no, like, the, I don't think he's going to be able to hold down Michael Chandler. And with that said, Chandler and Gaethje inevitably got to fight each other at some point. And I think at that by that point, Oliveira and Islam will both have been defeated by one or the other. So it's going to be either Gaethje or Chandler at the end of the year. Um, and in that fight, I think Gaethje probably probably edges it. So, so I'm going to go for Gaethje. Uh, Poirier, what's he saying? Or where's he in the mix? EFC. <laughs> Poirier's, Poirier's yeah. bit make, giving me a bit of a funny vibe at the moment just because of how many times in the past he said how much he doesn't like fighting and stuff. And, and he like started, he's, he started talking about like, you know, like the kind of fights that like Jorge's get started to get now where it's like... Yeah, just like away from like, like big name fights. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like less about the title, more just about big money, big name fights. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like an yeah. like a Nate Diaz fight, for example, like you're talking yeah. about going up just to find Nate, for example, things like that. Like you don't do that if you yeah. if you're on the run for the belt by the end of the year, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it'll be Poirier just like like because of those reasons, not because he couldn't do it, just because I don't think he's got that motivation anymore to do yeah. it. Um, he might be like champion said, another year, just not that. I just don't think it'd be this year. Yeah, and like I said, I just ticked them all off in my head, and I thought, who's beating who, and who's in what position, and. Um, my brain arrived at Chandler versus Gaethje towards the end of the year, and Gaethje probably taking it. Mine went um, that Charles beats Gaethje, um, and that Islam beats Dariush, 
so that the natural next fight becomes Oliveira against Islam. And then I'm back in Islam to dethrone Charles Oliveira and claim his rightful place as the next king of Dagestan, the heir to the throne, the second part of father's plan come to life, Islam. Jesus Christ. Achayev, the it's king of Dagestan. Look at what a little fanboy. Future champion. Yeah, it's it's tough on you. Isn't it? um, it's just hard to see anyone beating Oliveira, to be honest. Like, just, like, even though Chandler... Who's got the best game to beat Oliveira? Islam. Chandler. No, it's Chandler. It's not, because he's already lost to him. Probably yeah. Similar. But yeah, Makachev's entire chance to win it is on the ground. Makachev's four it. to five to be lightweight champ by the end of the year. But at some point all Makachev's got, all Makachev's got on the ground. The bookmakers is he better? Have, the bookmakers. Is he better than Oliveira? Is he going to beat Oliveira on the ground though? Is is he? All I'm saying is the bookmakers. These are all long term markets, so you end up with big prices. There's only one bet on this entire list from William Hill of like 25 bets. There's only one bet. There's only one bet that's odds off. Do you know what it is? Islam Makachev to be lightweight world champion before the end of the year. It's the only one that they've, they've put a odds on. And we know that they're always right. So you've got a good point there. <laughs> so, but yeah, what's Makachev got? Over, what, what, is, he gonna, is he better than Oliveira on the feet? No. Is he better I, than Oliveira on the ground? Maybe, but we'll find out. Is Chandler amazing on the ground? Yes. Is he amazing on the feet? Yes. Chandler's a better matchup than than Islam is because when it comes to the ground, yeah, that is that is why he beat him. Oh no, wait, no, he got knocked out, didn't he? What? Chad, Michael Chandler got knocked out by Charles Oliveira. By Oliveira on the feet. Yeah. So is Islam going to be able to beat that on the feet? No, I don't think I can't see how we end up with Islam against Chandler. We're on different. No, no, no. After. No, no, no. I'm talking Oliveira, bro. Well, are you? What's the question you're asking me? Do you I think, think that Islam can beat Oliveira if it was just standing, if they were just on the feet? No. Well, that's that's not how it works. No, I know it's not, but then I'm saying, can he beat him on the ground? Yes. Maybe. Maybe. I think really? I think Islam's striking is pretty good as well, man. I don't think Islam's striking. Not like, better than Oliveira's, though. I don't think Oliveira's is anything special, man. Like he, he leaves no, himself he very vun- he leaves himself very vulnerable defensively. Like he can be Islam's wild when, when he's got his opponents hurt. Like Islam's striking's not his striking. Making this call now, he's not the guy. I think he's the guy. He's not the guy. <laughs> we'll see by the end of the year because this is perfect because we get to see when he's not the guy. I think he's the guy. He's going to have two more losses on his year, on his record by the end of the year. Two more, you mean? <clears throat> to add to what? He's got one at the minute. What? No, he's having two more. Two more, losses. but I don't think I don't think that's. There's no chance it's like Makachev. There's no chance it's like Makachev. There's two fights this year. It's a prediction. Two no two chance. losses by the end of the year. I'll <laughs> bet you. I'll bet you fifty to one that it's like Makachev does not lose two fights. You're not year. the bookies. I'm not. I can I'm be. Not, no, it's not, it's not how this works. That's not how this works. I'm just saying that's my prediction. That's that, that's just a prediction that I'm going to throw out there. Bam. Two losses by the end of the year. It's Bam. a shark tank like division, and the man's <laughs> not ready for it. <laughs> right. So final predictions: George Gaethje, Islam Makachev. Um. Nah, so, Gaethje. Yeah, Gaethje. Um, Who Adam, are you, Ross? Makachev. I'm going to stick with Oliveira. Okay. I think he. I think he can beat all of them. 
Yeah. Okay. I think he can stand he can stand well enough with all of them. Mm-hmm. And then he just beats every, probably beats them all on the ground, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see, won't we, I guess. Yeah. So welterweight. What we've got. It's pretty right? straightforward, I think, this one really. Yeah, definitely. Sean Brady. Yeah. He's actually unbeaten, so don't know why. Yeah, no, I don't know why I'm not laughing. I didn't laugh. It was Ross that laughed. It was Ross who was yeah, disrespecting Sean Brady. I was agreeing. I, was I know Adam, Adam's going to say Usman, but maybe Chumayev. That's, I think that's the correct answer to this question. <laughs> the most... You can see this guy. This guy is a just pro-Russian propaganda. That's all he is. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's it. Watch this fucking hell. Yeah. It's just it's the most dominant style in the UFC. So it's the hardest it's style. It's like the same have... style. He's a bloody Swedish Similar though. But like the, the pressure <laughs> wrestling and like just the smother wrestling. Ham's not something they're kickboxer. They're literally both training Dagest- Dagestani wrestling. Yeah, I'd say very, wrestling better. Very, very similar um, wrestling styles. But the, the point is, I think the most likely option is Kamara Usman is still champ. But if I had to pick someone who I think has championship potential, not that I think... I think it'd be very difficult for um, Chumayev to beat Usman, but I think Chumayev's the one that gets me excited that I think one day he's going to be a champ. Whether that's this mm-hmm. year, maybe seems a bit soon. Like he's only 11 ranked right now. To go from 11 ranked to being champ by the end of the year, it's going to have to be some some Take, going, really. He could do that in two fights, I bet, because if he fights like a Gilbert... He's Burns, supposed to be fighting Gilbert, isn't he? So, yeah. Then he's second and then there's a title shot waiting for him after that. Because Dana will give him that. Um, yeah, I've I've gone with Usman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just can't not give it Usman, really. Is there Unless anyone at welterweight that... Is there, anyone, <laughs> is there anyone that we think, like, other than Kat Hamzat, that's like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Colby's the other obvious choice. Colby, um, yeah, Colby and... Not Vicente Luque? Nah. No, nah, not champ. No, I don't think you got it. I think it was guy. your your request about to William Hill, wasn't it? About um, no, that was in be champ. before twenty twenty four. Was it right? I think he's only twenty eight, so I think he's got a lot of potential. As I said before, he's still and thirty. Got, as we said before, yeah, he's still thirty. Thirty, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just got. Yeah, I reckon in a couple of years he could show us something, something even better than what we've seen. And you never know what the what the rest of the division is going to be looking like around that yeah. sort of time. At the minute, it's hard to say that it feels like Usman's champ for as long as he wants. At the minute, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. No one Probably give uh, no one give Leon a chance then. Nope. No, I'm afraid not. No, not. He's good. Like, I I rate Leon well highly, but like I said before, I think he's just unlucky that he's fighting in the, yeah, the division with the most dominant champ. That's hard division. I'd love to see him fight Wonderboy on the feet. That would be fucking class. I think. Yeah, I think he makes good fights though, Leon, because of his style. Like. Yeah, style's so sick. I think like his stand yeah. clean as fuck. Wrestling's good. Jiu Jitsu's good. Um, he's got everything you need for a well-rounded mixed martial artist, and he's got it all pretty locked down as well. I think got a yeah. lot of potential. Gonna check how old he is. Just doesn't sell fights, so does he? And so Dan doesn't like him. He's got the personality. Yeah, of it's the personality. So he's 30. 
so yeah, still a lot of, lot of years left in him, a lot of potential in Dower. Right, we've got two divisions left then, lads. Next. I think it was a difficult one. It's light heavyweight. I say difficult because it's not... Um, He's missed middleweight. Middleweight. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, it's, um, yeah, pretty shit obvious. Yeah. Isn't it? We'll just, just completely miss. We'll just, we'll just forget about that one. one. Yeah, no one interested in that one anyway. Completely miss one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. Only my favourite division and my favourite fighter in the whole UFC. Well, then, obviously, Israel's defending against Whitaker in a few weeks. Um, yeah. Ain't nobody any- beating Israel. Is that how we feel? Just got to put that out there, yeah. Yeah, in that division, yeah, it's Israel for me. Yeah, I think the only one who's got the potential to beat him is Whitaker. So unless yeah, Whitaker, yeah. yeah, I'd love to see Whitaker champ again. That'd be nice. That would yeah, be nice. I mean, it's also very possible because I've I, you yeah. know how much highly I rate Whitaker. Like he's amazing. Um, but and I mean, I if that had meant that we saw it. an Adesanya Whitaker trilogy. I mean, sign me up now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Adesanya's all, almost had the same um, sort of career path as Ungarnu in a more um, aggressive manner in the way that he's rounded his game quite well. At this point, his game's quite well-rounded, isn't it, really? Like, yeah, yeah. take down he's quite good. We've seen him for quite a few good scrambles out of him on the ground. You know how so, smart he is as well in the octagon. Yeah. I think that's what it takes. And the trinity of him, Usman and Ngarni being pals is absolutely deadly for everyone in their division, respectively. Yeah. <laughs> because all three of them are dominant right now. Like We're going to get onto heavyweight at some point, but we think we all know who we're going to say to be champ by the end of the year. It's not Ngarni because he's going to leave. It's probably going to be Stipe or, or Garn, but it would be Ngarni if he was going to stay, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. Jones? What about Johnny Bones? Yeah, don't, we don't won't see Jones in the octagon ever again. Don't think. No. I don't think we'll see him against Tengarni. I promise you that. I don't think he'll ever come back. Me personally, I think he's done. Um, yeah, I've gone for um, I've gone for Adesanya at middleweight. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's foolish to not really like at that way. He's just well, he's already he's lapped everyone as well, hasn't he? He's already yeah. beat them all. So yeah, yeah. He's just going to probably do it again. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Wicker's is, Wick is his biggest challenge, definitely. Wicker's yeah. going to come out and try and uh, wrestle him and take him to the ground 100%. Yeah. Wicker's style just, well, anyone that chooses to stand with Adesanya. Like, Wicker's got some of the best kickboxing around, but against Adesanya, it's just not good enough. He doesn't seem to give you a chance. It doesn't seem to give you a choice whether you stand with him or not anymore, Adesanya. It's like, can you even get that takedown and can you even get close enough to get it? Um, so mm. it's like you just force the sand on him and then what do you do? It's, it's the sort of like, I reckon it's going to be like on Garnu when he finally does get on his back, even though we saw it against Jan. Uh, uh, Jan. 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 <laughs> Jan Blovich. Um, yeah, we saw him on his back there and he weren't too good, but obviously because of the size and the, and the strength yeah. difference. But it's he did like, pretty well um, against um, against Vittori, though, didn't he? In terms of like, yeah, Vittori did, did get him down a few times, but like, is he scrambled well and like defended well? Yeah, and, like, very well. That's, yeah. that's what I mean with like the Ungano effect. So he's like a striker at heart, and everyone yeah. knows he's striking. But then they, sometimes Whitaker might like get him down or something, and then we'll see him do something yeah, mad because he, he's, 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 he's been grinding his his ground game, and there's no reason why he can't be an elite grappler as well because he's got a he's got a good stature for it nice and long um so yeah obviously he's gonna <coughs> kind of round out his whole game 
So even if Whitaker does get him down, we've we have seen him on the ground a few times. He he's looked all right. You know, he's got great takedown defense, as we said. Uh, he can hold his own. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think we're all in agreement with Adesanya then, yeah, aren't we? He's Soleil. Yeah. Okay, like heavyweight. Yeah. This is an interesting one. So what do we yeah, think? Yeah, light heavy is interesting, isn't it? Because Hard. sort of like longevity came into question for me. So like Glover, Glover 42. 40, 42. So in the end of the year for a champ, he's got at least two fights, hopefully three. Um the the end of the year might be when he retires or you know, I don't know. I can't can't see him see him having too much longer left. But I can I can see a couple of fights in him. Obviously, he's going to try to defend his belt a couple of times at least, isn't he? But is he going to be around at the end of the year? Hard to say, isn't it? It's really hard to say. Yeah, obviously he's got the like we mentioned before, he's got the fight booked in against Yeri in May. Um, so if he gets through that, do we think that he could fight again before the end of the year? Because in that case, Glover. it just leaves it a choice of two, doesn't it? Glover or Yuri, if we don't think that Glover would fight May and, say, December. Um, I'm, I'm a bit... Of, I don't really know what to say about this one, to be honest with you, because like Ross said, it's like, will he, will, will he fight multiple times this year? It's hard. It's just... You just I just don't really know. We could also see Jan. Um, Jan gets a rematch at some point. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it, Jan beats Ray Kitch. Jan, we don't know. Well, yeah, we spoke yeah, at the time, didn't we, about Jan? It seemed like it wasn't like I didn't feel like a good Jan performance. Like, didn't feel like he was able to show his skills. So maybe he does in a rematch. Yeah. Any, I'm assuming neither of you have taken Jan. No. Um, I honestly think Rakic has got a good chance. I think mm. he's very good, and he's um, he's not really seen him in too much trouble, um, and he's not really seen much grappling either. To be fair. So against someone like Glover, it might might be like dinner for him. Don't really know how good his ground game is. Um, Ankalaev is another good shout as well. I think he's <laughs> he's he's pretty mad as well. He's only twenty nine. So is Rakic, both twenty nine. Rakic um, is eleven to four to win it before the end of the year, and Ankalaev's nine to four to win it before the end of the year. Yeah, I saw William Hill. Um, what was it? Rakic and That's, yeah, oh Islam both, yeah, and Makachev both champ, and it, I can't remember the odds, but um, yeah, it stood out to me. Isla- that one. Islam and Rakic both to win a, f- a full UFC title before the end of 2022, nine to two. I might take that, you know, just for a bit. Yeah, it's pretty tasty that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, might take that. Me, um, I've I've gone with Glover to be champ at the end of the year. Because um, yeah. I think he beats Yeri, and then I'm not sure where he goes after that, who he fights. So um, I'm going to stick with Glover. Yeah, I think he beats yeah. Yeri as well. Yeah, I'll take Glover as well, just for, for the fact that I think he's probably going to hold on to it for at least another year and then probably dip out, um, probably fight a couple of times this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see who's going to beat him unless Jan comes back um, looking better. Rakic is a good shout, but I don't know if he's got it, but it's just, just to be yeah. seen. So just he's got a path, though, hasn't he? Rakic has got, got a good path, you know. He beats Jan and he fights fights Glover at the end of the year, maybe. So yeah, yeah, yeah and he's got the skill set. So we'll see, we'll see. Worth but a shot, I think. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Yeah, I'll go with Glover though as well. Nice. Right, one division left, boys. 
Heavyweight, obviously heavyweight. occupied by La Palette de Deux, Francis Ngarni. Um, yeah, he's probably not going to be here by the end of the year. But like I said before, if he was, would still would be my bet. If he's here, he'll be champ. If he's not, he's going to be steepy. That's I don't think what it boils down to personally. And obviously, Garn's got a chance, but I think Stipe's game is just to build to neutralize someone like Garn completely. Like just to, just his boxing and his offensive style and his offensive wrestling and his clinch work, his body work and stuff. It's just I think Stipe yeah, beats he's Garn in the like off the charts. So. Yeah, he's yeah, a nice break as well now, Stipe. Yeah. yeah. I'd completely agree with that. Uh, if Francis is here, then yeah, it's him. But if not, Stipe. Yeah, completely agree. There's no ifs here, lads. You've got to pick one. Is it? Is it? Fra- is Francis? Yeah, but it's hard because the situation. I don't care. I don't so, care. It's yeah, hard. It's, it's not- life's hard. Mm, he's right. Life he's is right. hard. We've had to pick. Yeah. A lot. Of, some of the others have been hard, and we've had to pick one. Like featherweight's hard. We had to pick one. In that case, Stipe. I'll go and Garni then, just for a shot in the dark. Once again, I'm going vacant, I think, on this one. I think things are going to be up in the air. I'm not sure we see another heavyweight title fight this year. I think we've seen it. Um, I think the public negotiations with Francis get drawn out. He doesn't fight. Um, Because of the champion clause, he is um, only officially a free agent in December. Regardless of how many, he's got no fights left in his deal. He doesn't have to fight, but he's officially a free agent. You can only start talking to other organizations in December. However, if the UFC strip him of the belt before then, he becomes a free agent. So if the UFC strip him now, then it becomes vacant and we'll see probably see another title fight. But I think the UFC ends up stripping him in November, December, and when he leaves, and then we set a uh, uh, title fight for early 2023 I think that's my prediction that it'll be vacant at the end of the year oh yeah reasonable assumption we might have an interim champ maybe or two interim champs who knows but don't Three. think we'll yeah, I, yeah. Okay, who knows what Dana will come yeah who knows what Dana will come up with but I don't think we'll have we'll have a, B, we'll have a BBMF biggest baddest motherfucker belt yeah, yeah, it's WWE in it really. So just let just let Brock come back and win everything. Which win all the also, funnily enough, Francis would be great at and go and make a lot of money doing if you wanted to do that. I suspect he probably will. Really? At some point, yeah. Like same with like Tyson Fury did it, didn't he? Like Tyson Fury went and made a shitload of fighting in Saudi Arabia with them. So and Francis can go and do whatever the fuck he wants, really. At this That's point. like That's another step. Do you know what we were saying? Like, imagine being able to make 40 million by boxing, you'd have to worry about kicks. Imagine making a shitload of money with the WWE and you don't even have to worry about whether or not you might win because someone's going to tell you and actually being, you don't actually get hit in the face at all. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, like Brock, I said... Brock's the real genius here. It's so like we said all, um, last week, why has he put all this work into MMA if he's going to ditch it? Do you know what I mean? Like how well-rounded yeah. he's got his game if he's just going to piss off. I think he's playing it by, I think probably justification for that is the better I do, the more leg I have to stand on. I think well. he's only going to get one, maybe two big boxing fights. He might get into a, a fight with Fury, but I don't think he'd win. So then sort of, okay, right, the intrigue goes down a little bit. Like he might then fight, you know, like a 
a Joshua or a Deontay Wilder or whoever. But then, yeah, I think Wilder would sell. Wilder and Garnley would be like the hardest hitting heavyweight fight of all time. Yeah, yeah, I think someone's if, getting knocked out. Imagine if Fury beats Usyk and becomes unified heavyweight champ. So he has all the belts. I think it'd be the first time in my lifetime that uh, we've had a heavyweight, a unified heavyweight champ. I think. Um, so he becomes heavyweight champ and Garner's UFC champion. That makes so much money, I think. You know what I mean? Your market is boxing champ, heavyweight champions, yeah. UFC heavyweight champ, like the hardest hitter against the like the best technical boxer in the sport. Like, be unbelievable, mate. Like, makes so much money. Yeah. But Engarno would get schooled. Yeah, it'd be, it'd, yeah. It'd be it'd be amazing to see. Hopefully, we'll see it. With that said, though, we are coming to the end of our a lot of time for our episode, and we actually have covered up everything we wanted to cover today. Um, has anybody got any final comments for the audience? Well, you know what, even though we haven't not- put any bets up this week, we've got to put anyone who is betting on the, um, this week. We got obviously we got Bellator two seven three. We mentioned we're going to watch. Um, and report back on that next week. We've got Eagle FC. So if you are betting, make sure you do so responsibly and don't bet anything that you aren't able to lose. Um, boys, I don't even have to wish you good luck this week because there's no bets, but I've had fun anyway. I'm glad we uh, glad we got together. But yeah, back to the business next week, isn't it? Back to the scorecards. We have our bets for uh, Hermanson against Strickland, UFC Vegas 47. But yeah. Boys. Is, but we're still going to try and maintain a bit of this new uh, uh, like layout that we've got. So maybe we'll cover some news. Um, and we're thinking about sort of replacing what we're talking about. The Ross. We're talking about replacing Ross. We're talking about replacing <laughs> Ross. No, we're talking about maybe replacing talking about the card, the fights lower down on the card with maybe like a new section or something like that. So yeah, look forward to that. And uh, we'll speak to you all next week. Have no uh, fun facts. Yeah, yeah. Where's the week? Um, I've got a fucking bottle of the Jägermeister here. I'll neck it. One sec. I've got one while he's doing that. It's not really a fact. It's a little life hack. Yeah, but watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Now I'm pissed. That's a fact. Um, (laughs) If you want to get the perfect high five, watch your partner's elbow. Trust me. Go out and try it. Thanks for the facts because I wasn't prepared for that one. All right, guys. Gone from facts to life hacks, but amazing. Yeah. Let's let's back to the stats. Let us know in the comments what you thought of the show. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Yeah.